What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, Mike, and our special guest, Dina. And we are doing a conjuration wrap-up. We are going to discuss the conjuration convention that we all attended this past weekend. And we have Dina on here because she is a longtime friend of the podcast. She is a faithful and loyal listener of the podcast, and she is also our co-panelist on a few of the panels that we did at the convention. So welcome, Dina. How are you? I'm glad Dina to be here. Dina is the bomb. Yay. Hi, hybrids. Hi. Hi. This is going to be so weird when you listen to this episode. You're going to be like, wait, that's my voice. That's me. <laughs> I got distracted. Did you mention Dina's podcast? YouTube? No, I hadn't gotten to that yet. We're just oh, sorry. Hi. Look at you jumping the gun. <laughs> we're just trying. We're trying. We're trying to make sure she's adequately represented. Oh, right. Excuse me. I knew Dina before any of y'all. I'm gonna make sure my girl is, is represented and that we help her push her thing. So I got this. I got this. Anyway, so yes, as Mike and Anthony mentioned, Dina is the co-host along with her husband Adam, who is also a friend to the podcast. They have Adam. a YouTube channel called Drunk and Blurdy with Nicks and Quat. And Dina, tell us a little bit about your channel before we get started on this recap. Okay, so uh, basically Drunk and Blurdy is my husband and I drinking a lot, trying new alcohol products, uh, making alcohol, whatever has to do with alcohol and talking about nerdy, geeky stuff from TV shows to movies to Conjuration to Dragon Con. Um, So we just try to put our opinions out there and mostly while we're drunk. (laughs) So we probably should put a disclaimer on there that we are drunk. Do not listen to us. I mean, but. the the whole title of your show is drunk and blurdy. So <laughs> if they don't get that when they look at your show title, then they probably don't need to be there. It's on them at this point. It is, it is an amazing show. They are hilarious. It, they are hilarious. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. And I can personally say... Adam makes some of the best peach cobbler moonshine I have ever tasted. I'm still waiting on my back. I'm still waiting on something. See, you see the last time he brought me some, you wasn't there. I think you had to do something. You, I don't know. You wasn't there. I, I had some. And I, then I my think I was on the panel to... and I, yeah, I was on the panel and I saw it posted while I was on the panel. Was, yeah. Right. And then like, I brought it home. And my kids got to it. So, and, and let me just, let me just remind folks, my kids are all grown <laughs> before. Okay. That didn't, say, that didn't sound right. It's like, yeah, her, her 11 and 13, her 11 no. and 10. My 26 year old daughter, <laughs> he was like, oh, Mr. Adam made this. Yes. I'm going to try this out. So, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so, okay. So Dina, again, glad to have you here. Let's talk a little bit about conjuration. So Conjuration is a local convention here in Atlanta. It's about nine years old, and it started out as a mainly Harry Potter-themed convention, lots of magic, but they also incorporate a lot of Lord of the Rings, a lot of high fantasy. So you see a lot of that in the convention. Um, They have a lot of book authors come and promote their works. You have a lot of local vendors who hand make their items. They come to the convention. You have a lot of performers, great performers who come to the convention as well. So um, 
It's a three-day weekend, usually takes place the first or second weekend in November in College Park, which is near the airport. However, next year, we're moving to Gwinnett County. So I'm definitely going to have to go ahead and get a hotel room next year because I can't just traipse five minutes up the street to get there. (laughs) That's okay. Up 85, down 85. Up 85, down 85. Well, I mean... 75 to 285 to 85, then back That, that's okay because like uh what was it chris said he said yeah we're gonna be there i know it's a long way i said hey half con will travel i will be there so um yeah i think this was my maybe my fifth or sixth year i think i missed the first year that they did it and i missed the third year and i think i've been every year since then except for of course 2020 COVID year so I think Dina, you've been you've been there going for how how many years now? I think this was my fourth time. Okay, because I I went before when they were up north, um, up eighty five before they came to to the airport, and then you know so okay, and they've been at the airport now. What this is the third year at the airport or the second year? I think it's the third year. I think this is third year. So, and then Anthony and Mike, this was both your second year here because you guys came last year. So, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about conjuration. It's, it's, it's a smaller con because you know, everybody who listens to us and who have listened to us on previous podcasts or whatever, we're all about dragon con here. That has not changed, but I'm starting to like the appeal of the smaller conventions because I feel like they're a little more intimate and, I don't know. I just feel like it's a little bit more of a family vibe. What do you guys think? Um, I like it. It's like, it's not even Dragon Con light. It's like neonatal Dragon Con. It is so small. <laughs> it's Nick you. <laughs> Nick you. Dragon Con is, is, I like it. The vibe is different. Um, it's easier to get around. Definitely. Um, yes. Yeah, but, you don't feel like a, a sardine. Right. And it's mm-hmm. it is more of a family in, environment. I mean, I I, I do like that because I took Bailey and this was her second. Bailey is my 14-year-old daughter. This was her second conjuration. Mm-hmm. And I think she enjoys it too because it is it is much smaller than Dragon Con. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, yeah, Mike? I, I I agree. I think this is there. The thing about it is it's so people are so friendly. It's like everybody's cool. It's like you'll you'll see somebody the first day you get there and they're like, hey. So it's like then it's like next time you see them the second day, they're like, hey, what's up? What are you doing? And it's like, hey. They're like, won't you come? And it's like everybody's inviting you to their panels and the panels are cool as shit. Um, I played I played Dungeons and Dragons twice while I was there. Was yeah, we lost, them. we lost them. <laughs> we lost them. You, you really did. Because it was so much fun. And it's like, and, and they were so, the thing about it is like Dungeons and Dragons is for those in, in Rio Land who haven't played, it's a really hard game to get to, to actually learn at first. But it's like when they, like they're really patient with people. It's like, I'm, I'm more of like intermediate player now. But it's like they're really like for the people who are new, they were really patient and to explain the game. And it's like we played a, a, a light version of it that was meant to only be like 30 minutes. And it was so much fun. But it's like the panels are fun. The vendors area is really cool. And it's like the it's like like Anthony said, the vibe is really laid back. I mean, it is family friends, way more family friendly. And it's like. And the people, and, and like I said, the people are just, everyone's like really cool and nice. Like 
nobody's like trying to be it's like everybody is just really it's really like a bunch of friends getting together and talking about nerdy shit which is basically what a con should be and that's how i felt like the whole time mm-hmm. and and it's so varied it's like it's not like you said it's not just harry potter now it's so there's so many different things going on now it's like i mean Dina runs Broadway sing-offs and it's like musical jeopardy and it's like we talk about all kinds of shit so it's like it's, it's a really very con and it's just like really really cool yeah Dina is part of the team that runs some of the fun games throughout the entire weekend Dina tell us about that oh yeah so um with uh Tracy and Ronica who run Elena uh, Harry Potter um, we <laughs> which, which Anthony and I are part three, of. Three of us season. are members. Yes. Uh, somebody else might need to join. But um, uh, they basically have a lot of different activities. One is Broadway musical sing-along. And then that's like always a huge popular event because people love singing Broadway tunes or even just stuff that's not necessarily Broadway, but it's musical related you know, people love to sing this. So we do that. We do activities for children like Harry Potter trivia. We do um, Family Feud. And then there's Musical Jeopardy. And so this year we added a new um, chase, the chase, which I was on to chase. Yes, Dina was actually uh, a contestant <laughs> on the chase, the actual game show. So yeah. Okay. That was really cool. It, it had, you know, a few little bugs, but, you know, I think it'll be really good once they get it, you know, get it um working really well and okay. so that's what it's it's a lot of like running around you know doing stuff being a gopher is mostly what i do um but it's it's really fun and um conjuration is definitely one of those cons where it makes me feel a little less old because i don't have to walk from hotel to hotel <laughs> i can stay in one area it's like Facts. you know <laughs> right you don't have yeah, to try to start the way on me <laughs> right and if it starts to rain you're not trapped in the one hotel you don't want to be in. right because <laughs> everything is right there because everything is right there um so while we're talking about the games i just want to go ahead and say that mike and i played the first two rounds of musical jeopardy and we won our rounds so and um i know i think mike you won last year too didn't you yes ma'am two years in a row so yeah two years in a row for him so yep and then um let's see i got a chance to do broadway sing-along that's the one that mike kind of abandoned us on because he was too busy playing D, but we'll forgive you for Just that tell, tell me y'all tell me y'all what song do y'all do from um um Encanto? oh we didn't do any I was, yeah i was gonna say okay. because by the time i left because i stayed for about an hour and then i left and okay. they hadn't done any yet yeah, yeah. I, know we're, I know we're, we're talking about trying to do uh, I asked you if you guys were going to do We Don't Talk About Bruno, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I, I was so in the panel just, the first a hour. Lot of the, um, the, I think they didn't put a lot of Disney in it this time because they had another Disney, um, like, a Disney, a, it was a Disney, Disney sing-along, sing-along the day before. But it was like a, it was like a, like a Disney song thing, uh, so I, I think they didn't put a lot okay. of Disney in this you. one. Like, because uh, okay. um, before we had, like, Lad, and we had all this, you know, all these other Disney movies, Mulan, but right. this time they didn't do that. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. And the other thing, I'm, I'm going to talk about this because Dina was in the room with me and she heard me fussing and she knows. So like I said, me, Anthony and Dina, we are all part of Atlanta HP. And Dina and I actually, whenever there's like 
Harry Potter trivia, whether it's at Dragon Con, we've gone to a couple of bars. We are very competitive when it comes to Harry Potter <laughs> trivia. And none of my folks were, were available for the Family Feud game because I think Mike and his wife were eating in one place. I think Anthony had taken Bailey to go get some lunch. So it was just me. So, of course, they're taking volunteers. Okay, hey, who wants to play on teams? So I get on the team with people who are like, they're more dressed in Harry Potter stuff than I am. You know, I've gotten to the point I don't cosplay or anything because it's too hot for me. So I have on, you know, my fandom T-shirts. You know, I'm still representing but they are like dressed as professors and students and stuff so I'm like oh, okay this is gonna be cool y'all and I and, and I'm joking about this in good fun because they had a good time but I'm I'm competitive so the first question that our team gets that I you know I win so that we can do the answers it's <laughs> name a character from the Fantastic Beasts franchise so, of course, I named Newt because he's a star. When it comes to the next two people, they're blank. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I was like, are we starting this this early? Really? <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's, it's Fantastic Beasts. There are some Harry Potter fans who don't, who don't do Fantastic Beasts. Right, right. Okay, I can get that. Okay. So then the next time we get a chance to answer questions, Name a Hogwarts professor. <laughs> Y'all. You should have just taken their robes like from them right at that now, point. Now, the one thing I will say, okay, so the way that they do the answers for Family Feud, uh, Tracy and Veronica, they put out like a Google form probably earlier in the year. So I think we answered this in like the spring. They put one out and said, hey, we need some answers for Family Feud so we can, you know, we're surveying 100 people. We're going to ask these questions and the top questions are going to be on the board. I mean, you guys know how Family Feud is done. There are some people in that room, y'all, who did not, who were not f- familiar with Family Feud. I was like, y'all are not about to make me feel old today. Y'all are not. <laughs> I mean, Steve Harvey does Family Feud. Who doesn't know how to play this game? Yeah. So anyway... <laughs> So one of the crazy things is one of the people, they answered Dumbledore, you know, name a professor at Hogwarts. Okay, obvious. Dumbledore, the head, the main head person. He wasn't even on the board. And we were all sitting there looking like, how did that happen? And I'm thinking it's because they, they don't equate him as headmaster as like a professor. A professor. Because when you think a professor, exactly. you think yeah. a teacher. So that's that's mm-hmm. the only reason why I can think because they asked this question in a group full of Harry Potter fans. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was confused, but yeah, it kind of just went downhill from there because after Dumbledore, I could, I could just see nobody had an answer. So I'm sitting there. Dina is she's the one that's looking to make sure that everybody is ra- who's raising their hand first. And I just look at her. She just starts. She starts just kind of giggling. And I'm just, <laughs> I and I turn anger. around and I do this and I look at Adam and Adam is like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> <laughs> even Adam was, Adam was like, I can do better than this. I told and him, even when, I said, next time I play, you're going to be on my team. And then of course <laughs> we get, I, I get pulled onto another team because they only have four people. I get on there and the other team was just, they were just, you know, quicker and whatever so I was just like 
this is some I don't like this. <laughs> I still have fun, but y'all will not. Y- y'all don't. Y'all don't understand. <laughs> when I first joined Atlanta HP, Hanukkah would dominate all of the Harry Potter, whatever it was, Harry Potter, Jeopardy, Harry, whatever it was, whatever it was, go to a bar, Hanukkah would dominate. <laughs> and it's like, I can just imagine her singing like, oh my God. Like I was really trying hard like, yes. to control my face. Turn red. I just, I just, I like, mean, I, grinding I her. She's like grinding her teeth. Like yeah, these yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm surprised Dina did not take a picture of my face <laughs> because Look, at, I was like, at one point, one guy was. They were like trying to. They were trying to like help him because he was the one who was really messing up. And he was like, I got this. And then he still didn't have an answer when it was his turn. I was like, oh, right. And 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 you know the little round at the end where, you know, um, after the third the the team gets the third strike, you're all supposed to confer, and the team captain oh, yeah. is supposed to give the yeah. answer. Now, first of all, I'm the team captain. I'm sitting in the first chair. They discuss it amongst themselves, and then one of them blurts out a wrong answer. <laughs> and actually. She didn't even she didn't even listen. She just she just she didn't even listen to what they said. She just said it. I was like, you didn't even talk to your other teammate. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, had to tell, I had literally had to tell them, you know, you have another teammate right there. You need to confer with everybody, not just the people, you know, like. But, but that's the fun thing about this convention. You get all kinds of people. <laughs> who they're there for the experience. They love Harry Potter. They may not know a single thing about it. They'll wear their Hufflepuff um, robe, tie, and wand, and they'll be all over it, and they love their Harry Potter. Even though they read through the books as fast as they could, they didn't retain none of that information. It wasn't important. they just watched the movies. Right, or they watched movies. But they love Harry Potter. And that's all that. And I love that. Just stay off my trivia team. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, don't question people who wrote the answers to the trivia question when you haven't even read, you don't even know what the book says about the answer. Ravenclaw is not a raven or a crow, it's an eagle. What? That doesn't make any sense. Did you read the books? If you read the books, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But it was so fun. We had similar fun, like for music, uh, musical Jeopardy was different because all of the music was kind of fandom based. So you would have like a, um, you would have like a Disney songs category. You would have a Broadway category. You would have um, TV themes, movie scores. So it was that sort of thing. So literally the way that you have to do it, you have to like raise your hand. And when I said me and Mike, we were quick, quick on the draw. It was so funny because the guy who was in the round with me, when we started playing and we started raising ah. hands, he was like, I'm, a, I'm over it. I'm I, he was like, I, he can't, was lost. I can't do it. He was like, y'all are too fast. He finally got one answer in towards the end. Bruh. And he was so ecstatic and everybody uh, cheered for him. It was the best thing. It was look, so y'all don't understand. Look, y'all understand. I was like five seconds away to, from starting to sing I Have the Tiger for him just so he could get <laughs> one question right. And I was like, please, bro, you got this. You could do this. Because he was looking so like, 
man, I don't know anything. I was like, bro, you got this. Come on, man. I, saw, I started to roof. I was like, you got this, man. Come on. I actually went down and and missed a high five that I tried to give him. I, I saw I that. Did. I was gonna. I was gonna <laughs> pretend like I didn't see it. Mike went down. No, like that's fine. That's, and they. I was, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like I was like, it's it, hey, it's fine, man. You got one. It's okay. It's okay. Good job, man. But, but yeah, it was a 500 was, pointer, so it wasn't a small one, right? Yeah, yeah. So we were all cheering for him at that point, but yeah, it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, I love y'all's games. You know, we've been doing, you know, even back before Tracy and Veronica were doing it. Um, you know, one of my old friends, Keith Hawk, he used to do he used to come to con he came to conjuration the first couple of years, and he, you know, created also a Jeopardy and Family Feud game, like with the buzzers and the podiums and everything. So we've been doing Harry Potter, Family Feud and Jeopardy for a while. So I love it when y'all do that. It's like, I'm like always looking at the schedule, like, please don't conflict with any of my panels. Right. First of all, <laughs> first of all, if you know Hanako, she wants to go in there and crush everyone. That's what she's looking for. <laughs> want to have fun too that is your idea of fun i know when i in atlanta hp is like hanukkah's on the other team we lost (laughs) (laughs) see there are some times when i wouldn't remember and and it's honestly the funny thing is it's been a while i haven't i haven't read the books in like 10 years so a lot of what i knew Oh. I've forgotten. Anthony's looking at me like that don't that don't matter. But you know, I mean, it's it's just fun. And then when you when you're on a team or when you're competing in trivia, like against people like Dina or people like Veronica, because I still feel like Veronica probably Veronica, thought, yeah. Veronica like yeah. I'm good. Veronica, yeah, Veronica. I can't Veronica even fuck with her on too. the Harry Potter trivia. <laughs> uh-uh. It's not even fair if she participates. Beast, yeah. Right. That's why she's that's why she she leaves the games, because that's that's not even fair. People just. Yeah. Just walk out the room because you mm-mm. I, I would get playing, uh, playing the chase and she was the, 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 the beast. And, you know, it's like a time like you got to answer fast, try mm-hmm. to beat the contestants. Man, she was. I mean, she was going so fast and I was just like. It's crazy that after all these years, it is still up there. It's still up like, there I for her. Don't yeah. understand. She's so she's still really good at it. Yeah, but that that what, coming to y'all's games, that's like a favorite part of Conjuration for me. I wish I could come to more, but this 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 year we were busy. <laughs> yeah, well, shout out to Chris and them for doing a really good job with the schedule, though, because oh, yeah. I was looking at like they did a really good job. Yeah, um, not like you know, overlapping a lot of good stuff, and it was yeah, yeah. We had some really good panels this year, and um, this year I did nine, and most of them we were on together. I think Dina, you did the fandom funerals and repast panel with us that we did last year as well, and then you were on the shadow and bone panel with us, which was and, um, interesting. The racing- representation representation yes yeah plc representation and fantasy media and we have already been told by darren who is the director of programming that we are bringing that back we were like oh if you want us to bring that back then he was like um excuse me if it's already on oh okay 
So, so yes. we will be doing that panel. That was a really good panel. Yes, yeah. I enjoyed that. It was a, a really lot. good panel, and I, I actually had people. I was I was walking through. I was like walking through the con, mm-hmm. and someone was like, someone was like, "Hey, yo, we really enjoyed that panel on on that on diversity." I was like, "Oh, thanks." Like they, they just like <laughs> literally stopped me out of nowhere. It was like, yeah, it was really informative. I'm glad you guys did it. I mean, it just like it told us some. It actually gave us a lot to think about. I was like, oh, cool. That's the other thing I like about conjuration being a small con because you can have those interactions with people, right? Like, and that was how um, even last year after we did that panel, one of the people who was in the panel she saw me afterwards and she was like. I love this discussion. I love this panel and this topic. Can you guys please do this again next year? And I was like, okay, I'll see if everybody wants to do it. Cause you know, we're talking about death and you know, like for that panel, Anthony talks about his father's death and you know, there was just some some things that we, I was like, okay, I don't know if anybody's going to want to do this every year, but it, it turned out to be a really good panel because you know, it's good. It's like because we talked about different deaths, too. It's like we didn't talk about the same death, really didn't talk about the same deaths we talked about last year. We talked about right. a completely different set and a completely different perspective on it, too. And the that, audience was my, was that was too. my whole goal. Yeah, because this yeah. time we had, you know, like Adam, uh, Dina's husband talked about his losses, too. And, mm-hmm. right. you know, it, it, and, and, you know, there have been some fandom deaths over the last year, like the one I talked about. Spoiler, you know, Batman dies in, in Gotham Knights. And, you know, you don't think about how these things really affect you. And that's the point of the panel is how do these fictional characters' deaths affect you? And then how do you relate it to or if it's related to something that happens in your life? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or how I mean, does it how does it affect the way that you view death? Yeah. You know, right. and we I, th- I think the other thing, too, was we had more people in the panel this year because last year, again, this is a very small con. So if you get 10 people in a panel, you're doing pretty good because there's always something else going on. You know, during the times of the panels, you have live performances, you have the games, you have Quidditch happening outside you have uh, D&D going on in the game room or other RPG games. So there's always a lot going on at the same time. So if you get more than 10 people in a panel, then those people really want to hear what you have to say. And it was just so interesting that we had people come in and like Tracy and Veronica were there. And Mm -hmm. there were a couple other people there. The young lady who requested the panel from last year, she was in the panel again this year. So it's, it's always interesting because like you said, we talked about other deaths that we didn't talk about last year. That was one of the things I wanted to do this year because I didn't want to rehash the same old ones because if we get started down that road, I know the minute somebody says Naruto, Anthony is going to be like, oh, okay, because him <laughs> my daughter took over that part of the panel last year and she was supposed to be here this year, but she wasn't feeling well, so she couldn't come. But I was like, okay, so we could talk about other things and see how that you know see how that goes and it was a great conversation and I Mm -hmm. was just like we have to do this every year now because of course we're part of fandoms we're part of we know we're gonna have some character deaths we know this is about to happen I'm about to watch the series finale of The Walking Dead I'm just preparing I'm just trying to get my mind right because I know somebody's gonna die 
and I'm going to be all broken hearted about it. And I will be ugly crying and screaming to the TV. But I love it because we have that outlet and then we can have a healthy conversation about death, which is something a lot of people can't do. You know, a lot of people don't know how to do it. They're not equipped to do it. Yeah, that's the important thing. It's it's a healthy conversation in in a safe space for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. You know, because one of the reasons people go to a kind of small convention like Conjuration is it's safer to them. It feels safer to them than going to Dragon Con when there's a hundred thousand people walking around. Right, right. You know, here it might be a hundred people walking around. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it is. It is a very different vibe, and I think that helps a lot because I have a feeling if we did a panel like that at Dragon Con, it, there would be a lot of people there just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And, and we probably wouldn't even be able to cover half of what we did because no. there's so because fandom is so large, and there's so many people who are in, into so many different things. So while a lot of us are into fantasy, at least the four of us here, we all pretty much watch the same shows and, you know, we feel a lot of the same character this in the same way, but you might have somebody who watches another show that's completely not related to fantasy mm-hmm. who may have to deal with a character death in the same way and don't know how to handle it. I know for me um, with Downton Abbey, when Matthew died, that was so traumatic for me. You know, I was like, oh, wait, what? And the fact that, you know, given Downton, given the the way that Downton Abbey is, the fact that they even showed his death on TV, that was traumatic for me. I was like, I'm not supposed to see this. This is not what this show is about. But being able to talk about those things. Or or someone would shout out, this is us. And then you have half the room sobbing and crying. And because this is us is didn't have anything to do with it. sci-fi or fantasy and but you heard knows. the gas so in the yeah, room when it was brought like, up yeah Who brought it up i think mike brought it up michelle brought it up i thought michelle uh, i did not michelle brought yeah, it up brought and it. everybody in the room went <gasps> i was like oh <laughs> look i don't even I watch this watching that, that show because i was crying Hell every no. episode which is <laughs> like I don't even watch that show. There's no no chance in hell I brought that up. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I, I know. I already know how sad it is just from watching clips of it. I'm like, no, no, Ew. no. The funny thing is, I was sitting next to Michelle one day, and this was when the show was on, and they had a 20 second promo, and she started sobbing like boohoo crying just over the promo. I was huh. like, no. No. I don't need that kind of emotional damage. I'm going to take Mike's word. I don't need that kind of emotional damage <laughs> on a weekly emotional basis. I, 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 if I want to know what happened, I'm going to tell you, it's two shows, Grey's Anatomy and This Is Us. If I want to know what happens on those shows, I just watch my Facebook feed. And when everybody is talking about how they're ugly crying and this, that, and the other, oh my God, no, they killed it. I'm, mm-mm, no, mm-mm. I don't need to watch that. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, you know how just how, how it used to be with scandal when you're like, oh, oh, Papa tripping, oh, Papa tripping. Like, oh. <laughs> I think we brought up hope. scandal too, did we? Yes, we did yes. Up I I feel like next year when you really sit here and start to think about it, because I didn't, I just realized like for last year and for this year, I didn't even, I didn't even mention Dean. Okay, we got so caught up. I was going to mention that his death, 
and we just got caught up in the Castiel talk that I, I forgot to say something. Right. But I think if we had gotten on the Dean talk, that would have gone yeah. to a whole other tangent. Yeah. <laughs> and we probably would have never, like, it would have stayed there because, yeah, we did talk about Castiel's death. And I mean, even, even with that, the discussion that we had there about Castiel's death and how it came at a moment of, you know, pure, um, <sighs> pure joy for him, I guess, in a way for finally being able to express himself. And then right. the way that the writers or the fan base kind of took that death and they were kind of like, oh, well, he said it in this way, but he didn't mean it that way. And just how even a character's death can bring about that kind of conversation, because uh, of course, everybody interprets things in different ways, especially when it comes to a character's death. But the moments before that, also contribute to the conversation so that was really interesting to just have that conversation like okay yes I was really affected by this character's death but more than the fact of him dying it was what he was doing when he died or what he said when he died that had the impact those are the conversations that we are having in this panel and I'm loving it because again a lot of people feel like it's taboo to talk about death. I mean, we're all black, so we know how that is. And black families growing up, you know, death is kind of one of those things that you don't really talk about. You kind of talk around it or, you know, right. it, 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 it's just not something that you embrace. And one of the ways that we got this panel going is because my daughter is a death doula. She's a certified death doula, which basically is um, it, it's like a person who, provides companionship or who provides um, not necessarily hospice services, but she does things that the medical people can't or won't do due to the nature of their job. If there's someone who needs companionship in their final days and there's no family around or, you know, it's an elderly person who has no family left, then she can provide those services. She pro provides counseling services. She provides spiritual counseling. She provides, um, you know, the paperwork, if, if you need help going through your death paperwork, doing all of that, because for a lot of people, again, they find that people don't want to talk about death. And especially for us in the black community, it's mm -hmm. so prevalent that people will die and not have a plan in place right. for what's supposed to happen after they are gone, because people are so scared to talk about death. And that's one of the things that she also does is that she talks to people and she kind of works them through that conversation of saying, okay, I'm scared to talk about death and this is why, or I need to talk about death, but my children won't listen to me or my spouse won't listen to what I have to say about it. And that's kind of the work that she does. And she really wanted to talk about it. And that's kind of how this panel came out. And, um, it's been very eye-opening and very enjoyable, which is weird because you don't think, oh, we're talking about death. This is enjoyable. It's fun. But it is because you get to see how different characters affect people. And again, this is the one thing that we all love about being fanboys and fangirls is that we have such an emotional con connection to these characters that when they are written off screen or when they are killed, it's like we lose a part of our family or like we lose a piece of ourselves. And to be able to share that with other people, I think is also a, a great way to bond with other people and to find our fandom family, you know? Right. But um, the other panel that we did, like we, we said, was the representation panels. 
So we were approached by the program and director, Darren, again, um, because they wanted to do a panel that specifically talks about Black representation and fantasy, especially after this year, because we've had so many fantasy pro uh, projects come out where the cast was more diverse than the way they may have originally been written. Uh, Rings of Power is one, The Wheel of Time, um, you know, just different properties, House of the Dragon, that one had a lot of backlash for casting um, a Black actor in a prominent role. So, Hell, the live live action version of Little Mermaid basically divided this nation in half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they wanted to have a panel about, pos you know, just being positive about the diversity and representation. But he was like, yeah, we want to have this panel, but we don't think we're the right people to do it. Meaning because they are white, they didn't want to be just another sea of white faces talking about black you know, representation. So they asked us to do it and we brought Dina along for the ride on that because I was like, oh yeah, I know <laughs> Dina gonna have some stuff to say. And wait a minute. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you the are you the preeminent um black expert at conjuration? Who? I because I say that because I'm trying to think of other other creators who have panels at black creators that have panels at conjuration and I'm coming up empty. I feel like that is true. <laughs> like, Bro, that's the reason I why Darren was like, hmm, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it bad. I'm saying that it's good that he trusts you when he says, I know you'll do a good job with it. Because I'm sure if there were like five other people doing pan black, black creators doing panels, he probably still would have been like, come to you because you do good work. Yeah, we do, we do good work on panels. But I was just thinking like, huh. I, you know, I never that's even thought about that. I never thought about it either until we just started. You just started talking. I was like, "Wait a minute, who else could he have asked?" Like, but you know, when, when you say it like team. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but again, I mean, but it's that, good because we killed that shit. Oh, we did. We got we got we got lots of compliments about it. And yeah. you know, yeah. I think he, also said he just, came in and he he can't. You were saying how if you get ten people in a panel, that's good at conjuration. Mm -hmm. Um, Darren said when he stick his head in, there are 23 people. We had room. 28 total. Yeah. It was 28 yeah. total. Mm -hmm. Okay. See, so, yeah, that that's that's huge. That's huge for, for conjuration, especially conjuration. in the middle of the afternoon at conjuration. Right. Yeah. At this right. point, you've got all the you've got performances, you've got uh I mean, they've had like trapeze artists. <laughs> it was it was 12 o'clock. That's lunchtime. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 Huge. So, but I but mean, there were I people think, eating though, but yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, it's also too, because, you know, we, we've done panels at Dragon Con or, you know, Anthony and I've done uh, panels, but I, I mean, I've been doing panels at Dragon Con for 11 years now. And Darren also does uh, volunteer work at Dragon Con. So of course my name has probably come up and he's probably like, oh, okay, you know what? This is something that she does. And she has a, she has a crew that, and this is what they do. And they're doing several panels. Let's ask them. I mean, I don't know if that's the reason, whatever the reason was, I appreciate it because we, we got a chance to like really speak about the topic and, you know, there was no negativity in that room. And I will say that room was, there was majority, you know, non-Black right. people right. in the panel. Oh and to see that there was so much 
um, positivity in that panel. And people are like, I don't understand what the deal is. And if you really read, then you will see that there's a diverse world in this particular product. It was so positive. And that was something that I feel like we all needed because there's so much negativity right now in social media and in fandom spaces because of different castings for different different shows and then anthony also brought up a lot of uh black literature too and the fact that octavia butler i think they just released like a teaser trailer for kindred mm-hmm. week. so and you know we're, we're talking about other products and it was just it was it was amazing i enjoyed it so much I did too. I, I I always enjoy talking about literature and I always tell that same story about how I discovered that there were black people who actually wrote fantasy and science fiction because we don't we don't think about that growing up. Right. You know? And just the just to have a forum where I can say, you know, you can go look at Octavia Butler and NK Jemison and all these, you know, tenor I do where you can actually find black writers who write this stuff and then even point out like you know dina jumped all over robert Heinlein in the starship troopers where that whole the all the characters in that book are <laughs> the color but you see the movie and you're like what the hell happened like we only get sugar and that's it <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, then we have properties like Earth Sea, which is was a popular book that all those characters are not, mm-hmm. you know, white. They're people of color. So it's it's just that it's out there, and we just have to get people to to want it, you know, mm-hmm. to to want to let people know about it. We got to inform people about it, and that's what I think was the best thing about this panel. Just you know, focusing on we we are here too. Like, if you right. look for us, we're here. We're everywhere. You just have to look for us. Yep. And it also just, you know, people's worldview in general is, is, is part of the reason why this is such a problem is because we, we're taught in history that, oh, these people come from this place and these people come from this place. And we never taught how these people all intermingled and all mixed in and traveled and traded and did all these things. Asians didn't just stay in Asia. Black folks didn't just stay in Africa. White folks didn't just stay in Europe. Like we mixed in. So when people get mad because, you know, there's black people in Frozen, you know, well, there, there are some black people in the, in the, up, in the up, up north, mm-hmm. you know, Norway, Sweden, there are black people, they exist. You know, just like there are white people who exist in Africa, like that, you know, that weren't necessarily maybe colonizers, but it's just, it's, 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 it's about our worldview and what we've been taught. We've been taught for so long that, that people didn't exist in certain spaces and now we can't accept it in fantasy because we're so used to what we've heard in real life is really what right. it boils down to. Right. And it's, and it's sad because, you know, world history, like all these things that have happened in this world and this is what we're worried about, what race yeah. is in what place. And 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 the thing is, like, when we saw Disa in in um, Hanako's favorite character, and I, I think most people's favorite character, love her. She's um <laughs> the the dwarf prince's wife. She was in Rings, Rings of, of Power. Power. <laughs> yeah, Rings of Power. I had a, a brain fart, but yeah, you you know, and it's like, oh, they can't be black dwarves. He didn't write that. It's freaking fantasy, right? Like, right. <laughs> it's right. Fan- 
you're talking about a world where the angels are walking among people causing and raking havoc everywhere well we have these two foot tall people who aren't even dwarves they're just hobbits like this is a made-up world and you mean to tell me you have an issue with an elf being black mm-hmm. and a dwarf being black mm-hmm. you know and we didn't talk about that because that would have been the negative side but it's just interesting you know relating it to what dina said we're everywhere like you can't really go anywhere we may be some low in numbers but they're black people like she said in scandinavia in germany they're black people everywhere there's asian people everywhere we're everywhere except maybe new hampshire or vermont (laughs) especially vermont i don't think we're in vermont but anyway that's that's neither here nor there (laughs) you're not wrong you're not wrong Oh, I lived in the South my whole life. Going up to the to the north uh, northeast was scarier than being in the South. Okay, that's all I got to say. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I that mean, was a great that was a great panel. I, I mean, I really, I really enjoyed the idea of it. Uh, and I told Dan it was a good idea to do it, and, and I actually told him we're going to do it next year. He's like, wait, I, I didn't even ask you. No, we're we're doing it next year. Yeah, but I mean, I think he, even when you said that, he was like, "Oh, that that was that wasn't a question." Like he was already expecting that this is going to be something that we do again next year. So I'm here for it. And now that we know, kind of, you know, this was kind of like a trial run because we just found out about this maybe like a month, month and a half ago, and so sitting here trying to put together maybe an outline or or think about what we want to talk about i mean literally what i did and what i usually do when i do moderate a panel i don't usually follow an outline i just usually like literally start a conversation and just let the conversation go organically because i know a lot of the things that we talk about people are just going to start talking like once you get the conversation going the conversation is going to flow it's not like we're getting up there talking about a a, a subject and people are going to sit there and be quiet because they have nothing to contribute. I mean, even with our other panels, Michelle and I did an Outlander panel. We did a panel on um, Shadow and Bone. We did a panel on, um, uh, you know, I did a panel on Harry Potter. Um, we tried to do one on Discovery of Witches, but there was an issue with the room being switched without us being told. So that kind of fell through. But I mean, all of the panels that we've done, we've never had like the awkward silences or does anybody have a comment and there's just radio silence. We've never gotten that. But this panel was live. Like this panel, there was a lot of conversation. There was a lot of interaction. There was a lot of positivity. And I was just like, yes, this is what we need. More voices like this saying, yes, why not have Black people in fantasy? Because y'all are here, you know? We exist, Mm -hmm. you know? So and while we're talking about panels, I mean, the sidetrack is... um, I was supposed to be on the panel for the Rings of Power. The person who came up with the panel, no, um, yeah, was the Rings of Power? Yeah, the person Mm -hmm. who did the panel, she um, was not able to do it and sent us a message in Messenger. And so I was basically going to be on the panel by myself. 
And this was like two hours before the panel was going to go on. And, you know, Darren asked if he if I wanted him to to come along. I said, sure. So this was the first panel, I think. I think I was I moderated. I think this is the first panel I ever moderated. It wasn't. You did a great job. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. But, um, you know, we had a lot of people there. I think it was I think I counted nine or ten. Mm -hmm. Um, Hanukkah was there. It was it was fun. I enjoyed it. a lot of good different. conversation came out of that panel too. Yeah, it because did. it was talking about the comparisons of rings of power from you know the the lore or the the canon and the show and the things that they can use and can't use. Now I haven't read Lord of the Rings or any of those books yet, but apparently something called the Cimmerillion. Cimmerillion. Cimmerillion is one of those things that is tough to get through, but it also is the reason why most of the story isn't accurate to the book so it was really interesting well, well, to hear that, that conversation that, well it was interesting well yeah they used they they got the rights to the appendices because at the end of the lord of the rings books they're appendices mm-hmm. and the appendices are just like little things that may define a word or tell a story give you some insight you know tolkien was trying to give you a little bit of a background to kind of explain things okay sort of like a mini i don't want to say encyclopedia because that's pretty much what the cimmerillion is Mm -hmm. it's like an expanded version of that and so they only got the rights to the appendices and not the cimmerillion so a lot of the stuff in the show people are like it's kind of conflicting with the cimmerillion but it's not because it's from the appendices um but that's neither here nor there it was fun because there are a lot of people who I didn't realize didn't know a lot of those details mm-hmm. about what went on behind the show. Like a lot of people didn't know that they had to commit to five years. Like Amazon had to oh, wow. commit to do this for five years. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, they they yeah, it's not a one year and then they can cancel it. No, if y'all want to do this, you give us a billion dollars and you commit to five years. And, wow. and that's why we have the show and you, we don't have to worry about it being canceled <laughs> because they have to go they have to follow through yeah you know? so that that was interesting to me because i didn't was, know that yeah so but it was it was interesting because i did make an outline real quick i had questions and you know darren started talking and i was like you know what I just I just turned the iPad off. Right. Like, we'll just have this I'm gonna put this over there. <laughs> <laughs> because again, when when you when you have a subject that people are passionate about, the conversation is going to happen organically, and you don't really have to go through the bullet points. Now, sometimes it helps to kind of keep us on track. You know, we probably should have. Well, I won't even say that. I was going to say we probably could have used it during the Grishaverse panel. But it wasn't that we got off track just because we were off track. There was a, there was someone in the panel who I think for for various reasons can't watch the show. So, but he's interested in the show and he's reading, I think, the first book and he's read part of the first book. So we're talking about things, of course, Shadow and Bone season one is already passed and, you know, there's a whole literary universe out there consisting of i think right now six books so we're giving out all the information about that and he had questions because he was like okay so what is this and what is that and i think for the Lord next time questions 
But that's okay because uh, I kept I kept looking at Hanukkah. Hanukkah, Hanukkah kept giving me the just because it, it, it was one of those things like I, I don't mind people I don't have a problem with people who have no idea of what we're talking about coming in because I feel like if we're passionate enough about what we're talking about and they have no clue about it, but they're or they're kind of on the fence because there were there were a couple of people in the back of the room who were like, we haven't read the books or seen the show, but we just we're just kind of interested to see what's going on. And we don't mind about spoilers. If they listen to us talk about stuff, they might get interested enough to to read this, you know, to read the books or watch the shows. Dina used to give me this. Dina gave me this nickname a long time ago. She used to call me the pusher of the Atlanta HP group because she was like, anytime Hanukkah talks to somebody about something, they are going to go read or watch whatever it is she talks about that. I mean, I I like to talk. Y'all know this. So. I don't mind people coming in and asking questions and wanting to know, but I just felt like it was just kind of to the point where it was, it was taking over the rest of the panel. Yeah. Like we couldn't really get much of the season two, even though we don't have much information about season two, we could have still talked about some speculation. We could have had some book discussion, but. Um, it's like, but we I only mean, have 45 minutes. So it's like, why are you still like, you can, like he he just I mean I like you said I appreciate people wanting to know stuff but it's like we have a limited amount of time yeah like we're trying to get this in we're trying to get that in right and we're trying to right. talk talk about other, let other people have questions too so it's right. like yeah, but I they, think they had I... they had to be hard on on you as a moderator trying to move us forward yeah and you know and having to kind of take the time to kind of slow down and go back and. It was, but at the same time, like, I I understand his curiosity. I think just what I'll do for the next time, if something like that happens, is just say, hey, if you want to talk after the panel, come find me and, you know, I'll answer any questions you have. Because I think it wasn't, and, you know, I could see the, the looks on some other people's faces. It wasn't fair to the other people who were there to hear us talk because they already knew what was going on. It wasn't fair to them. Yeah. To have to keep stopping the conversation to go back and explain something that was explained in the first well, season. Yeah, so, when, when the when the first question is, so can you explain to me what is happening? Like, can yeah. you explain to me? <laughs> like, what, what is Shadow and Bone about? What is Shadow and Bone about? Yeah, yeah that, that is well, tough when that is the first question. He he definitely had a, a just a. Uh, I don't want to say bad things because I don't know who's going to watch this, but he was basically throughout the whole con following people around, cornering people, forcing people into conversation and like holding it. You know how you don't want to be rude and you don't want to walk away. And you don't want to just say, hey, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Uh, to the point where he, 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 you know, he kind of cornered some young people, not grown people, some like some teenagers and some kids. And I was just like, you know, a few of them, I'm like, are you okay? Because I will let him know to back away if you want to come out of this conversation. You know, right. one, I, I had to let a father know, like, watch your kid, because he kind of has her cornered over there talking to her, this grown man. Mm-hmm. And he was just very aggressive with his conversation um, to the point where he was getting in people's conversations who did, he didn't know. Talking, They were talking personal stuff. And he was jumping in the middle of their conversation and trying to take over. Ah, that was, that, that's what that was. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. And now that ma- that that makes that, sense. That makes okay. sense now. Okay. It was bad. I think he, he, I he think literally he actually followed my, my husband and I like around the con a lot. Okay. And at some point, I was you know I was, I was like, oh, I need my husband. I'm I'm gonna take my I need to. And he's like, oh, I'll just follow you. No, that's not that's not what I wanted. Okay. That's not what I need. <laughs> so he was a problem overall. Okay. And you know, so I I. I I just don't know how to handle that kind of stuff. Like, what do you do? Do you report that? I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'll i be honest. I, I did observe him a little bit during the con and I don't think he meant any harm. But, you know, just like we right. were saying at the beginning, conjuration is a lot smaller. So people tend to feel a little more comfortable there. And that yeah. could simply be the case. You know what I'm saying? You're around, you're around people who have the same interests as you and you know everybody's everybody's talking everybody's friendly so maybe maybe he's just one of those people who does not know boundaries or does not you know i'm trying to think of the word for it you know just basically socially they may be awkward or they may not know social boundaries so it could be that the social cues there you go that's what i was thinking social cues so Yeah. yeah But, um, you know, like I said, he I mean, he asked some good questions for people who might not have been as um, as knowledgeable about it. But I think what will, you know, again, panels and stuff like this, it's always a learning experience as well, because, you know, when he came in the room and asked, hey, is it okay if I come sit? I don't really know too much about it. And I was like, yeah, sure, you can come sit. I wasn't expecting him to ask all the questions that took away from what the panel was supposed to be about. So I think just in the future, like I said, I'll one, I think some of our panels will probably need to be longer than 45 minutes because I know for fandom funerals and I know for the PLC panel, we could have gone a whole hour and a half and, you know, we do get that option when we request the panels. So I may end up doing that. And then if something like that happens again, next time, then I can say, okay, hey, I understand you don't know much about what's going on here. And if you don't mind sitting through and letting us have this discussion, I'll be, you know, at the end of the panel, I'll leave about 15 minutes. If you have any questions, you can ask questions there, you know, or something like that, because I don't want anybody to feel like they're not welcome just because they don't know what we're talking about, because you never want to you never want to push away a potential fan, especially when, like I said, I don't feel like he was there to do any harm. He just, you know, maybe does not know how to be socially appropriate in that sense. So, you know, it's just a learning experience. And then of course, you know, learning how to deal with people who may not know how to behave in certain ways. That's also a learning experience as well. So I'll take that experience and be like, okay, so maybe this is what I need to do for next time. So, you know, but overall, I I still think the panel went well. We did have some good um, discussion. There were some people who were familiar with the books, which I've still only read the first three books. I need to read the rest of them before (laughs) season two starts. And that is my plan. But um, it was. It's always interesting to hear people who haven't seen the show but read the books and then you tell them about the crows and Mal and Melina and they're like, wait a second, they put them together? Yeah. And they were so confused about that. Mm-hmm. They're that, so that confused, was a, but... That was, the best, that was the best discussion 
right there because they were just they were really trying to wrap their head around that concept mm-hmm. but again even after like i watched the first season of the show before i started reading the books i read the books before dragon con last year because i was on a shadow and bone panel at dragon con last year and i was like oh okay i kind of might need to read these books before i do this panel and i read the books and i enjoyed the books I mean, literally, I started reading them and I I read all three of the um, the original Grisha verse books, enjoyed them immensely. But I was like, it's so weird reading this story and not having the crows in it because I felt like something was missing from the story. Now, granted, there's a lot that's going on in that in, in those books. There is a lot. Had the, I think reading it, if the crows were in the in the main story in that way, I think it would have been too large because there are some other characters in the books that I believe, I know we're seeing some of them in season two, but I feel like in the books, it probably would have gotten to be too much because there would have been too much going on. Whereas with a show, a visual medium, it's easier to splice those two stories together and make it make sense. I don't think it would have done that if she had done that when she wrote the books that that sounds like a, a panel topic to me i mean <laughs> i mean you know we, we you do page you know people do page to screen topics yeah. all the time and i've actually thought about that and that may be something we can pitch for next year too especially with in relation to shadow and bone because of the fact that it's so different because these two properties have been put together for this show i think that'll be interesting to see what people think about it. Cause I mean, if they haven't watched the show, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this and you haven't watched the show, go watch the show. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Except for Jesper. Hey, look again, we're not having any disparaging comments. We are stopping with the Jesper hate. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) You better stop. <laughs> this, this season two is going to be so I much I thought fun. the audience was going to riot against me. I was like, whoa. <laughs> As well they should have. <laughs> How dare you? The unmitigated gall of this guy. <laughs> I'm telling you. But there were some other panels over the weekend that we did not lead that we um, that we were either a part of or that we attended. The House of the Dragon panel was a lot of fun. Talking about season one and our friends Gary and Jessa were on that panel. That was a lot of fun. The, um, the guy who was leading that panel, Matt, he brought a bottle of the, um, what is it? Uh, a Song of Ice whiskey. And he was like, yeah, so we're going to pop open this whiskey and have a conversation. If you guys would like to come get a cup, come on. I was like, wait, he's sharing alcohol <laughs> with us. This is how we need to start a con off every year. I can do how this. I, how did I miss that panel? <laughs> it's so um, I don't know how you missed that panel. Me, me and Hanukkah were in the front row. With you the, weren't with there. The that was Friday. Place. You didn't come on oh, Friday. You didn't come on Friday. Yep. That's right. See, that's what happens when you don't come on a Friday. You miss the free alcohol in the panels. <laughs> hey, it won't happen Unfortunately, again. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there because I was in my activity because I would have been there too. Yep. It was It was a good panel though. It, it was a really good panel. Um, lots of fun. And, you know, I think it's so funny because everybody was kind of 
I won't say burnt out on Game of Thrones after season eight, but you know, we were all to the point where we were like, okay, it's done. We're good. And then we get the news of House of the Dragon and then we actually get casting news and we get filming updates and then they've actually wrapped a first season and we have a trailer and everybody starts looking at this and we're like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm dipping my toe into this water. I'm still a little scared to swim, but I'm going to dip my toe in this water and, and test this temperature out. And then once that first episode hit, we were like, we're back. We're all back. And it was so fun being in that panel because everybody was so enthusiastic. Like, I don't think anybody said anything bad about it because everybody was like, oh, yeah, I love the way that they're doing this. And of course, you know, it's based on a book that is basically a, a, a compendium of three accounts. So, so-called quote-unquote eyewitness accounts eyewitness. To, the events, yeah. Yeah, to the events that happened during this time and I love the way that the story has been woven so that it's a little more ambiguous than we thought it was like oh so this character didn't just you know decide to wake up one day and be a bitch for no reason and do all this stuff like we actually have some nuance to the characters and that's been so fun to explore with this series because it's on paper, but it's not on paper. They can kind of fill in the, you know, fill in the blanks the way that they want to. And I feel like it's making for a really compelling story. But oh my God, why do we have to wait till 2024? Yeah. Because even George R. R. Martin is giving it like props in the writing that they've done and the acting. And he's like, even sent, he's excited. Yeah, he sent Patty Considine a text message saying your Viserys is better than my Viserys and Patty yeah. was like that's it that's yeah. it I'm done <laughs> I'm, I'm done. good I'm right good. when mm-hmm. the maker of, when the maker of the character says oh you, the way that you did this character is better than the way I wrote him oh you you you're done you don't need any other praise than that because you brought a vision to life in a way and I mean I'm I'm in the process of reading the book now and that Viserys is not the Viserys I saw on screen. And the Viserys I saw on screen was like, yeah, there's some things that I can't stand about you or that you need to fix. But especially those last two episodes he did, flawless. Flawless. Because yeah. he was a good man. He just he just wasn't the greatest leader, but he was a good man. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't a bad person. Like he probably was the only person who was. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Him and Lionel Strong. Oh yeah, him and yeah, Lionel Strong. Totally honorable and Bert Bird. What was his name? Burberry Bird. Oh. <laughs> Beesberry. Beesberry. Poor Beesberry. That poor man. <laughs> all stand up guys, and they're all dead. All the stand up guys. Dead, I, I, dead. I was about to <laughs> say pun intended with the stand up. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm trying to think what else uh what other panels like i know i did a um how to promote your creativity with podcasting panel with um oh my god his name just escaped me i think it's mark gunn he's like the celtic the celtic singer but he led that panel that was a fun panel to do because of course i got to talk about my podcast journey which you know y'all know was a long time coming for me 
and a lot of, I don't know if I should do this. I don't think I can do this. And, oh, I guess I'm going to have to do this. So, oh, let's do this. So it was fun talking <laughs> about that journey. Um, yeah. The sorting panels. I was, I went to two sorting panels. Which ones did you go they, to? I went to the sorting strange new worlds. Mm. Okay. Um, and then I went to sorting Hamilton. Oh. Ah. Um, sorting panels are fun because you can get pretty vicious in there. <laughs> yeah. Dina and I were <laughs> yeah. talking about this before we started recording. Yeah. You get pretty vicious in there. There are some people because the Stranger Rose, Michelle was, I was on the panel for the Stranger Rose and Michelle was in the audience. Oh, okay. And we got into a disagreement about <laughs> a character. You and Michelle? Yes. And some people are like, you okay to go home? <laughs> <laughs> did it get that intense? <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed. Oh but my! They're, they're fun. The Hamilton panel. I was in the audience, but it was a bunch of kids. Yes. Like it may have been like 15, yes. 16, 19, 20 or so, like four, 15 and under. Yeah, that's. They good. are passionate <laughs> about their beliefs. Yeah. Boy, I got crushed. I thought I got crushed in the the stranger worlds, and man, they they disagree with everything I said. So I stopped talking. Let, let, <laughs> me, ta- let me tell you about these teenagers, because we did a panel at DragonCon, and it was a fan fiction, a Harry Potter fan fiction panel, and most of the people, of oh my god, the panel were teenagers. And that when I wild. tell you, girl, that panel. They had all kinds of ideas and they were excited and they were like the energy in that panel. I was like, okay, y'all are making me feel young again. Like they that, were lit. Anthony, Anthony and Mike energy. and Michelle were over in the corner. Yeah. I was like, Anthony, you said you wanted to be part of this fan fiction panel. And he was like, nah, they got it. They, they got, got it. it. <laughs> they had Pass it, it on to the younger crazy. generation. That same energy that they had there that was the same energy in that sword in hamilton okay it was the same energy i was like oh my god and my daughter was in there and she's quiet but she was quietly participating oh okay. and she was looking at me like no you're wrong <laughs> no nope. you're wrong oh so you just was not, not having a good night with your ladies huh <laughs> no I, I wasn't actually no you know and i lost all of those arguments in that panel too so oh but you know that's the other thing I, I love about, you know, even though we're older, we're the seasoned folks now, but I love the fact that the teenagers have these opportunities because we didn't have this stuff when I was a teenager. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Dragon Con was around, but of course, you know, my parents were strict or at least my mom was strict. I wouldn't have been able to go to Dragon Con anyway, but they definitely didn't have like the smaller ones, at least not to my knowledge, but the fact that these teenagers and even the younger kids they have a place to go and to have fun and they can come in cosplay and dress up and they can walk around the hotel and see the trolley lady from Harry Potter with her trolley full of snacks that you can Mm -hmm. actually buy from her. And then also the thing um, that I like there is there the charity. One of the charities that comes there is the Georgia reptile society. They have a room every year. They bring some of their reptiles and you can go in and I think you may have to pay like a small fee but there's a petting zoo. You can go in or you can see the people walking around with, with the snakes throughout the convention and the kids are having fun, you know, because they, they don't, 
we didn't get to do stuff like this. Not not on this scale. You know, we might have had the zoo people come to our classroom or whatever, but to actually go somewhere, be in a hotel or being a, you know, when I was young, hotels were like adult places or adult right. spaces. You know, my dad used to work in a hotel. He used to be a, a chef. And we would go every once in a while, like he would bring us to the hotel and we would have an overnight there. And that was one of those things that as a kid, especially a kid who's coming up, you know, lower middle class, you don't get to do fancy stuff like that. That was the fun thing. But to be a kid and be able to go to a hotel and you get to see Harry Potter stuff and you get to see dragons and you get to see people making wands and you get to see performers and people up in the air and you get to see a dude make a huge ass b- uh, balloon tree. tree. I know. <laughs> was amazing. Huge. It was amazing. But to be a kid and to be able to experience that or to be able to to be a teenager and to have that space where you can go and be a full out nerd and other kids there are being a nerd right along with you. You're not getting the whole, oh, you're weird. You like white stuff. You none of the stuff that we all got when we were kids. Yeah. And none of the adults are looking at you like something is wrong. Right. They're looking at you like they want to be you too. Right. Right. And they're like giving you tips on your cosplay. They're like giving, you know, they're like helping you out. It's like, that's, that's what I really wish we had this when we were kids, like so much, like where we could just go and like hang out with other kids from different parts of Georgia who like the stuff that we like. Right. And be able to like keep in touch with them and like hang out and shit. And it's like, that would have been freaking awesome. That would have been awesome because all of us came up in the same space. We're all 70s babies. You know, we born in the 70s or early 60s, uh, late 60s. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to say who the, who the hell was born in the late 60s at this moment? Well, no, you ain't looking at me. I meant to say early 70s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so late sorry. <laughs> I, I wish it, I, I wish love it. you. <laughs> but yeah, you ain't, that, you ain't that much younger than me. You better chill. But I'm still younger than you. <laughs> yeah. Talk about talking about early, talk about late 60s. Like, <laughs> oh, I, 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 I knew nothing about, I did not meet Martin Luther King Jr. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know, Mike, that explains a lot. <laughs> what is <laughs> See, I'm so sorry. I, well, I would I would say respect your elders, but y'all just laugh, just to keep laughing at me. So I'm just gonna yeah. Laugh. Okay, but no. So since so this is a perfect segue into this next one. The last panel I did the weekend of the weekend, there was a panel called a generational look at Harry Potter. So you have people from different age groups on this panel. So Chris, who is one of the co-founders of Conjuration, he was on the panel. He's the oldest person. He's 55. I'm 47. And then um, Hannah, who actually um, did the panel, who was moderating the panel, she was, I think, I think she said she's 29. And there was somebody yeah, no. else who was like, there was someone 34. There was somebody 34. And then and Hannah then was 29. Uh, Hannah's 29. 29. Somebody okay. next to her was 24. And then the 24, youngest right. person was 17. Like he was like, yeah, Duffy Hallows came out when I was two. <laughs> he's like no wait everything was out everything was, was out born. when he when he was born 
So he didn't have to That's wait. insane. He he was able to, you know, he was able to watch all the movies at the same time, read all the books back to back. But, you know, he did say that he wished that he could have gotten the experience of going to like midnight parties because I'm sorry, right. those midnight right. parties, I miss, I, like, I don't know why they stopped doing them because we, we did them for Harry Potter and we did them for Twilight. And I think right around the time like Divergent and Hunger Games came out, that was when they started kind of tapering off. I miss those days. I wish we could do those again because they were so much fun. And then especially for the movie releases, you know, Atlanta HP, we'd all get dressed up and we'd go to the movie theater as a group. And I, I just miss those days. But yeah, so it was very interesting doing that panel and seeing Harry Potter from like the different perspectives because there was one girl in, um, on the panel, actually, Chris's daughter, who was talking about how she was in second grade and she was reading the she was reading the Harry Potter books and she said she got Goblet of Fire taken away from her in school because the teachers were looking at her like there's no way you can be on the level to read this book and then once they realized she could they were like okay well you just can't read it in the you, you can't read it in class because we don't want the other kids to feel bad because they can't read like you and Chris was like and what do we do after that we took you out of school and started homeschooling you and I'm like, yeah, that's probably what I would end up doing, too, because why would you suppress another child's learning? Because everybody else is not. Right. But also, who who helps the kids get to the level they need to be at if they're not looking at the other kids doing better? Right. Like, that's a that's a whole other conversation that we don't have time for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how teachers, teachers should teachers should realize how competitive kids are. It's not that they feel bad. Is that they want to be on that level? It's like right. kids will compete right. and start with like, "Oh, you're reading that? I want to read that." Let me yeah. tell read the next one before you read it, and then that's going to be. It's, it's like a whole wave effect. It's like that is exactly fighting. how my daughter, my younger daughter, got into Harry Potter because she was in the third grade. No, I think she was second grade when she started, but she and her friends we're trying to get, you know, accelerated reader points. And that I think that was brought up in uh, one of your panels too, Anthony, maybe about accelerated reader. But yeah, Darren was saying how the, the Lord of the Rings books were mm-hmm. worth so many accelerated. No, yeah. the, the, there was another guy who was saying they, he only read them because the, so he could knock out his accelerated points for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And that's like the same thing book. with Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, they started reading Harry Potter and they they would get into it. They would take their test and they're like, whoa, I think Sorcerer's Stone at the time was like 14 points for that one book, which is good considering most grade school book, books, you only get like a half point or a point. You get 14. Okay, yeah. And then Chamber of Secrets, 16. Yeah. Then once you get to like Goblet of Fire, Goblet, 23 yeah. points. When I tell you, me and her, her classmates every day, they're coming in and they're like, Miss Ricks, I'm on page such and such. What's going to happen? Mm-mm, you're going to read it. Oh, Miss Ricks. And these little kids would go and read these books. And the teachers will always come into the uh, media center and they'll be like, what in the world are you doing to get these kids to read? I said, it's a good story. They're competing with each other and they're learning because right. all of them became like strong readers. Right. Why would you not encourage that? Yeah. Right. So, but it was That's interesting. Hear, yeah, it was interesting hearing the different perspectives from like the older the, us older people. That's so weird to say, but from us older people to like the younger people and to see how the experience is different and then how they are also the same. So that that was a lot of fun to do. 
you know. Well, that's the thing that I've always loved about, you know, Harry Potter and explaining to people, like, whenever I tell them, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I was in a Harry Potter group and it's people from so many different age groups and age ranges because people automatically assume, oh, that's for children. I'm like, no, not quite. We got 50 year olds. We got 60 year olds. We got 30 year olds. Like we got all these different age groups. Mm-hmm. Because the material speaks to people. It's it's not, maybe she intended it for, for it to be for children, but what she wrote is not just something for children. Mm-hmm. And it also, so. that was that was a thing too. Like when I first got into the group, I was still like mid thirties at that point, but because it was an adults only group, you couldn't even join the group until you were 18. But at that time we had some 18 year olds and we had some 19 year olds who were part of the group that we became friends when people looked at it, they were, they were like, what in the world could you and a 19 year old have in common to talk? I'm like, we talk about Harry Potter and we talk about Twilight and we talk about literature and we, and it's, it was, it's one of those things that it does bridge the gaps, you know, where it's not a weird thing for me to know somebody of that age and be able to have a conversation with them about it. Cause we're talking about this thing, even now, the kid, the, the, you know, the kids who were my children's age, they're now young adults and we can still have conversations because we all bonded through this shared experience, you know, and it's, it's also weird to talk about that in this day and age with everything going on with she who must not be named and the things that she's saying and how it kind of has divided, you know, the fandom, because you have some people who have completely cut it off you know, and, and rightfully so, if that's what is for them. And then there are those of us who still embrace it, but we have to embrace it in a different way, you know, because it's like, yes, we still love Harry Potter, but that does not mean that we condone what she says. And then we have to be more urgent about what we do and what we say and how we speak up to support the people that she is tearing down. So it's, it's been a weird thing with Harry Potter but um I liked doing that panel because like I said you get to see the differences in how we came up with it and how they came up with it and then kind of how we had those shared experiences and you know that was a lot of fun but it made me nostalgic too because again like I said you know especially um when I first started at Lat HP, like we were very consistent with meeting every month. Like I was at a party every month and we had a lot of stuff, to, you know, we, we were doing a lot of stuff, but of course, as we get older, all of us have different responsibilities. People have kids, people got married, people have gone out of state and it's just not the same. So I'm, I'm a little sad about that because I haven't been able to get to a meeting in a long time, but you know, I love the fact that we still have those shared experiences and then we can have a bond like this because I think Dina and I met uh, when she first came to a meeting in late 2007, uh, I think maybe two months after I first joined. So literally since 2007, that's how long we've been doing this Harry Potter thing together, you know. That's how I met Dina and Adam. Mm -hmm. Oh, 2008, I came a little bit later. Okay. So yeah, because I I joined the month after Dragon Con. After Dragon Con, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you and Hanukkah, you told me about it. Yep. Right. Yep, I dragged you right on into it too. Dragged me Mm too. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, yeah. What other panels did you do, um, Anthony? 
were those the only two extra ones that you did aside from ours? The yeah, I had I had five. There were five others. Oh yeah, because you did not. We did three. Had okay, eight total. Okay. So there was a sorting stranger worlds, um, the rings of power. I did another Lord of the Rings one um, with Darren. That was what if Frodo had not said anything. Oh like, yeah. Quiet, How was that? That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. So what so was the a premise? Lot of speculation. So so what was the premise behind that one? You said what if Frodo didn't say? So yes. yeah. So at the at the Council of Elrond when they were in Rivendell deciding what to do with the ring. Right. Um, in the movies, because I'm not going to talk about the book, it was a little different because Bilbo actually volunteered. And then they're like, uh, we don't know if you do it. And that was when Frodo okay. said, I'll do it. Okay. Which is what is in the movie. Right. Because um, they were arguing about it. And since Frodo went, Sam went. Mm-hmm. And Frodo wouldn't. And then Merry and Pippin went because of that too. Mm-hmm. So if Frodo had not said anything, then who would have taken the ring to Mordor? Like, because Sam, the hobbits only went because Frodo oh, went. Right. Yeah, it would so have had to be Gandalf on the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so that would have left the men and the elves and the dwarves to try to figure it out. And you know, the ring corrupts. So right. uh, we talked about it, and Darren said, well, the short, easy answer is we lose. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Because you so. you damn sure don't want to give the ring to Boromir. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's game yeah. over before you even leave leave, leave Rivendell. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Huh. But it was fun because people, you know, a lot of people had a lot of questions and speculation. Like, you know, could you have, re- what if they had resisted the ring all the way up to the end? Like, you know, one of the things that we did talk about was, that's sort of what Sauron was expecting. He was expecting men to take the ring and use it to challenge him. Mm. And that's that's why he thought when they came to the the doors where they were trying to distract him, he okay. thought they had the ring. So he was fully expecting them to do it. Ah. Um, someone brought up another interesting point, which something I know this is we're getting into the weeds, but one of the things is that Sauron put all of his will into the ring. Mm-hmm. So, what if the ring wasn't trying to get back to him? What if the ring wanted to do what he wanted to do? It wanted to dominate. Mm. That's why I never tried to get to an orc because if it had gotten to an orc, maybe the orcs would have taken it to Sauron. Right. That's not what it wanted. It just wanted to dominate somebody because. That's what he wanted to do. So right. That's interesting because Gollum had the ring for 500 years. And it only mm. he only lost it when um, Bilbo walked by. Yeah. yeah. Orcs was in and out of that cave all the time. I mean, he was eating orcs. So, yeah. So, I know it was a fun panel because a lot of speculation. Um, that panel and I can't remember... Any of the other ones off the top of my head right now, but that was it. Okay. They're all fun. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about that. Like, what if Frodo didn't say yes? You can apply that to so many different fantasy right. properties mm-hmm. and, and think about how it would have changed. Like, what if Neville had been the chosen one instead of Harry Potter? Of Harry. You know what? You know, what if Edward had decided to kill Bella instead of falling in love with her? What if, what, Cat- what if- 
What if Katniss what if, hadn't volunteered it tri- as tribute? Yeah, just like what if oh, Luke. What if Luke had listened, had listened to C3PO and not took off that restraining boat um, <laughs> on C3PO? Oh my God, right. that that is such a rabbit hole that we could go down. <laughs> we oh, would be wait, here yeah. all night coming up with different scenarios. What if Curse hadn't been canceled? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When, when is... <laughs> oh but that's the other thing i forgot what panel we were in somebody mentioned something about how they were a fan of authorian tales and we were like oh really because we have been talking like for a year now ever since we started watching cursed and then it got canceled we have been saying we were probably going to do a, a podcast episode talking about different Arthurian like TV shows or movies and just kind of compare them. I think we're going to have to do that now because it keeps coming up in different little things like right. like it's nudging us. Didn't, didn't, didn't an audience member come up and tell us was trying to tell us about something that was coming out that was based on the Arthurian See, I can't remember if she was because I know we were trying to get out the room because we had another panel we had to go to. And those panels, like they only give you 15 minutes because the panels are 45 minutes long. So you have from the top of the hour till 45 minutes after. And then the next panel is the next top of the hour. And I think on Saturday I had panels at 11, 1, 2, 3, 4, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, and 4. I had back-to-back panels all day, which is why I did not eat until almost six o'clock that evening. He was running. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think at some point we're probably going to have to, at this point now, we're going to have to do something about Arthurian tales, whether it be a podcast episode, whether whether it be a panel, we're going to have to talk about it because we all have our different favorites that we you know that we want to talk about and then there are other properties out there that we haven't we probably haven't watched it that we probably should watch that might have to be a series because there's so much dealing with Arthurian legend like I know Dina you probably have some like I know um you watched what was that what was that one show that was out a few years ago was it Gallivant is that (laughs) I have watched Gallivant yeah it's funny um Oh, but I used to good. watch Merlin. Yeah. Merlin, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, there's the miniseries Merlin because that's still one of my favorite ones, the one with Sam Neill and Helen. Sam Neill, yeah. Oh, no, my that God. was um, that was um, the oh, what was it? It wasn't called Merlin. There was one called Merlin, wasn't it? No, no, that that one with Sam Neill wasn't called Merlin. It was it was something sure? else because it was based on a, a book series but it wasn't i don't think it was merlin mm, i think it I'm was sure it was i Another have to, I have to go look i have it downstairs <laughs> but then you or know I, or we, i'm thinking of another one um, yeah you're thinking of another i think you're thinking of mr babylon i'm thinking wow. of mr babylon so you're right mm-hmm. yeah but there's that one of course you know i, I st- i've been telling y'all i want to talk about camelot in in Death because I feel like that show was canceled way you too just early. want to talk about Jamie Campbell and Dan- and Dina <laughs> will be there with me because Dina loves him too. So it's, he oh man, like it's uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I know yeah. if, if I ever want to do a show where I want to just gush about him, I'm gonna call Dina and be like, "Hey, Dina, let's talk about Jamie." <laughs> she gonna be like, "Yes, he's so talented. He can act. He can sing." Ugh. Yeah, that sounds like another panel idea. Not Jamie Campbell Bowers, the um, Athorian. <laughs> Story. We can do one for Jamie Campbell Bauer too. I don't. No, we can't. No. I don't mind because everybody like, like people at large now are just now starting to appreciate his talent because of Stranger Things. I'm like, excuse me, I've been here since Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I mean, we could come up with all kinds of ideas. I mean, they'll probably start taking submissions uh, probably at the beginning of the year. And we can sit here and talk about that because there's a lot of stuff that, you know, we like to talk about. And judging from the panels we did this weekend, other people like to talk about it, too. So that might be something we have to think about. So I know uh, Dina you're gonna have to be on some panels with us we're just gonna have to tell them y'all make sure she can still do her games but we do need to have her on our panels because it's fun having you on panels you know it's just yeah i enjoy being on panels um definitely with people i I feel people i know and i'm comfortable with i like it a lot better yeah i've been on some other panels and it's not as fun when you're when you don't really know the people as well Um, right and then like Knowing all the stuff y'all talk about on the podcast. <laughs> and so, so many things I want to say come out that y'all have talked about on the podcast. And I'm like, let me let y'all know, Dina is the reason why I had to push through those, those, uh, Shadow and Bone messed up audio recordings of Shadow and Bone and try to get them edited because they did not import correctly. And I worked on, that's the reason why it took me so long to get those last three episodes out because the audio just didn't import correctly and I didn't feel like going back through and re-recording and I was like okay I'll just get to it and then Dina saw me at Dragon Con and she was like y'all left me on the ledge y'all stopped talking about Shadow and Bone and I need to finish the series so I did that just for you Dina so those of you who were waiting for Shadow and Bone y'all can thank Dina because she was the one that was like please can you finish it I sat here and powered through that. Now, the first the first one was the really messed up one. And then the second one wasn't as bad. And then by the time I got to the third one, the third one was a breeze. I was like, I don't know what it was with the recording for that episode six. I don't know what it was that screwed it up so bad. But I was like, OK, I'm going to have to pay attention to that because I hope that never happens again. That was rough to yeah. get through. That was a nightmare. I think all together... I think it took me about a good five hours to get through that one little episode editing and trying to make sure everything was lined up right. And there was some, there was some glitchiness and it It was, it was horrible, but yeah. So, oh my gosh. So yes, I do that for you, Dina. Thank you. You just have to come and do panels with us. So we also did a really good panel there was a really good one that I was on. It was an examination of Wanda Maximoff. Mm. I missed that one too. Really I, I think I was in a panel. That was one of those panels that probably could have gone for an extra 45 yeah, minutes. 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Yeah. That panel. That was a really good panel. Yeah, it was. But I, you know, and, I and, love. And, and I, I, I just want to say, like, I realized I don't think I want to be on as many panels because I'm. I missed panels like last year. I missed sorting the serial killers. Uh, that was a great panel. 
I missed that panel. And this year, I missed the Wanda Maximoff panel and a couple of others. And I missed the first hour of the Broadway sing-along. I said, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to be on as many panels because I missed. Uh -oh. you know? Yeah, because I missed the Outlander panel. I want I really wanted to be, be in there for that. Because, um, honey, I'm telling you, them, you and Michelle on the Outlander podcast. <laughs> we have a lot of fun with Outlander. I mean, it's, it, it's funny because The Walking Dead and Outlander were two of the reasons why I went on ahead and started a podcast because most of the people that I know who watched The Walking Dead, they stopped when Glenn died. So, oh. you know, we were talking, we would talk about The Walking Dead on the other podcast I used to do, Sci-Fi Party Line. And then once Glenn died, pretty much everybody over there stopped watching it. So I had nobody else to talk to about it. And then the same with Outlander, like Outlander as as amazing a show as it is and as popular as it is there's not a lot of people that i knew at the time that watched the show and i just happened to mention it michelle you know michelle um when i started doing the outlander panels at DragonCon, michelle was always in the audience she was like yeah they're gonna get book spoilers i don't care i'm gonna I'm go because i love this show and i was like oh i got somebody to talk about it with now so <laughs> that's been a fun thing but i mean really that's why i started the podcast because i was like i don't want to be on somebody else's show that dictates what we can and what we can't talk about like okay nobody else is watching this so i can't talk about it well i need an outlet because i need to talk about this stuff so yeah that's that's where Phantom Hybrid came from. And I was like, oh, I know some folks I can talk about some stuff with. <laughs> okay. and we've been talking about some stuff for almost two, uh, 200 episodes. We're almost at 200, guys. Wow. Almost at that's 200. Crazy. So, that's insane. Yeah, we, we're going to edit all of those podcasts. By my lonesome. And I still got like 14 in the queue that I need to do because we've done. Yeah, because I'm waiting on that House of Dragon uh, finale. Oh, we're going to get to that this week. Funny story. <laughs> we're going to get to that this week. And um, I have I have uh, the Wheel of Time episodes. We've already we, we started recording those early this year. And then I just realized I was like, yo, so yeah. in the summertime, um, we had to pause our boys coverage because Mike went on a long ass cruise to Alaska. Yeah, Alaska. And then I think after him, I think Anthony and Michelle went on vacation and then mm -hmm. Lori was doing something. Then I was doing something and then Dragon Con. And then it just kind of went back around. Michelle went out, out of town for a while. And then I was doing this and I was like, y'all, we never, we never covered hero gasm. And we haven't done the rest of the boys. Michelle mentioned it the other day. She was like, I need y'all to hurry up and cover Hero Gasm because I need to hear. I was like, wait, we haven't done that yet. There's so much good TV that is like, we're trying to like, we can't cover everything. I wish we could. We just don't have the time because we all work. We didn't hit the right. we didn't hit the two point whatever billion lotto yeah. uh, last night. Right in California, we, we definitely. I still played. don't believe. I, I still don't believe. I still don't believe Lori. I think Lori wanted. She ain't telling nobody. <laughs> she she took way too long to answer that question. <laughs> but you know, we didn't win the bill. We didn't win the prize, so we all have to still work, and that kind of makes it difficult because there's so many things that we want to talk about. Like I really wanted to cover Umbrella Academy. Michelle really wants to do Stranger Things, and I want to do Stranger Things. There's still interview with the Vampire. The Winchesters is out. There's just so much 
fucked up. Wait, that's out already. We still haven't done. We haven't done She Hulk. We haven't done Miss Marvel. Right. So it's just kind of like okay, and and then I still have three Loki episodes from last year that I need to edit and get out. So I'm just like, y'all, we just need you to still figure got, out a oh way. My God, we need yes. So we need to figure out a way to to do this so that we can just talk about all the things. I don't know. Maybe we just need to have a 24-hour live channel. We just jump on and just talk about whatever. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It's like a 24-hour Twitch channel. We'll just, like, jump on. Like, I'll jump on my lunch hour and just start talking about shit. Like, now, just in case, we do have a Twitch channel. We just haven't used it. But when we started the podcast, I went on ahead and signed up for one just in case we ever needed to use it. So it is there. So that might be something we can do. So Hmm. it's out there. But, you know, I mean, and in between all of the shows and all of the movies coming out, we have conventions. You know, we still got uh, Casey, Michelle and I still have to talk about the camp, the uh, Walking Dead weekend that we did. I'm glad we got this conjuration wrap up uh, going on. And then we have other conventions coming up next year. There's Atlanta Comic Convention in February. Supernatural Convention is coming in March. And I am going. Cat from Sci-Fi Party Line is coming to Atlanta. So we can go together because that was one of the shows that we bonded on. And that was how I kind of really got started in podcasting because she and I would talk Harry Potter and Supernatural. So I'm excited for that. There's some other conventions. Uh, I think there's a convention called Nerdy Gras that's here. Multiverse Con happens here. Then, of course, Dragon Con is the big con. Um, Casey and I are going Con is here. Momo Con, Atlanta Anime Weekend, which I'm not really into anime, but there are some things that I do like. And I mean, even with animated uh, products, there are some things that I've watched that I would really like to talk about. But when are we going to find the time? I want to talk about Arcane. I want to talk about Castlevania. Castlevania is getting a, uh, a spinoff. I'm just like, there's so much stuff to talk about. I just got, we just got to find the time. But Have you watched Fox, Fox Machina? Not yet. That's that's on my list. Okay. So yeah. That actually was and we never about. talked about The Witchers. Yeah, right. box mocking it was dope. Yes. I think that that really put that really pushed me into really taking D and D seriously and like getting into it and learning and like okay. learning and learning more and more about it. It's like plus those people like Critical Role. Like when you watch their YouTube channel, it's mm-hmm. like they have a continuous campaign that they that they do because it's like it, it's so much fun. I'm like holy shit, that really like helped push me into getting back into D and D. Okay, gosh, so but yeah, yeah, yeah box mocking is dope. So, so there's a lot of things that we want to do. We just got to find the time to do it, you know? But um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll just keep podcasting and paneling until we figure out how to do this thing full time. But uh, anybody have anything else to say about Conjuration? Again, I, I love that convention. I'm so glad it is here. I'm so glad that we all get a chance to experience it together because those are like some of the best memories and weekends for me when I get to, you know, because again, I don't get to Atlanta HP meetings a lot. So really the only time I really get to see Dina is like at conventions nowadays. I love that (laughs) Dragon Con, I get to see you and Conjuration, we actually get to hang out, hang out. So, you know, we we haven't done that in a long time. So I love that we get to do that during the Yeah. Mike, what was your experience at Conjuration? 
I loved it. Um, also, shout out to the last day vendors when they're trying to get rid of stuff. Because I just happened to walk by one and I was I was looking, I was looking at all her, what she had, and she had like a set of wands. The wands look pretty cool. And I was like, she was like, like most of these wands are, are, are like five dollars. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? So I was like hey, looking. Bye. Yes. And I was like, I was looking in one call to me. Oh. <laughs> so you got a wand. It is so dope. It's like it's perfectly weathered and it's like and it's like perfectly balanced as all things should be. So now we just gotta find you the elusive Ravenclaw lanyard lanyard. And you'll yes, be I gotta find my I still haven't found my lanyard. Every and time like, we go to a con, he's looking for a Ravenclaw lanyard. He can never find one. I found the Tom Baker tie, a Tom Baker shawl tie. Mm-hmm. And I did I can't find I can't find a Ravenclaw lan- lanyard. I'm like, that's because they just don't put out a ton of Ravenclaw Hufflepuff stuff. Like it's just yeah. That's just, that sounds discriminatory. Who do I who do I talk, where's the manager? Who do I, I mean that's what that? they started with in the Harry Potter fandom when they started merchandising. Everything was always Gryffindor Slytherin. That's how come in my mm-hmm. early pictures from like um, book releases and movie releases. Yeah, you, are, you have on yeah, Gryffindor. 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 No, I had on Gryffindor, Gryffindor stuff. Yeah, Gryffindor stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That was all my children who had on Slytherin stuff. They had, yeah, they had the Slytherin stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it, they need to bring. Look, the Hufflepuffs are that. Look, the Hufflepuffs won the House Cup for the last two years, and we just barely. Well, I was actually, about to say, was it? Yeah, this year they did, okay. but the last two years Hufflepuff won. I think Hufflepuffs were putting stuff in the Slytherin Cup this year. Why would I they mean, do that? Pretty sure. I, I don't know. So so Ravenclaw wouldn't win. You see how that, they do us right. That's a Hufflepuff thing. We won two years in a row. Let's let someone else win. No, not no, not us competitive <laughs> Hufflepuffs. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Look, we love our Slytherins, but we are also competitive. No, we will not do that. <laughs> That's okay. We're going to come back next year. We're going to take it. We're going to take it. So, but yeah, um, n- like I said, next year they're doing Conjuration. I believe it is, um, it's like in the middle of the month for next year. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at the calendar. I think it's the 17th, 18th, and 19th next year. So it'll be the weekend before Thanksgiving. It's going to be held at the Sinesta Gwinnett. So, um, and the tickets are usually really, um, really inexpensive. Like you can go for the whole weekend for like $40, which is really good for a con. Hella good. Uh, Yeah, very good. So those of you who are listening, if you haven't gone or if you've just kind of heard us talk about it and kind of on the fence, go check it out. I mean, even if you do just one day, you know, go on Saturday. Saturday is typically the busiest day. You will definitely find something to do whether it's games whether it's panels they have quidditch outside they have a a bouncy house for the kids that's open pretty much all weekend long um like i said you have the reptile society there with their pets you have vendors they have food they finally uh they finally finished renovating the restaurant in the hotel well you know in the hotel this year that we were at so we were actually able to eat on site 
limited menu, but you know, still we didn't really have to leave if we didn't want to. But um, oh, uh, shout out to Jittery whatever up on the 17th floor. Oh, yes. Where you can go get the coffee. Yes. I didn't go this year. And I know I went last year and it was it was really nice. And on the 15th floor, I didn't go, but they have a place where you can go pick up quests. Yes. Yes. I have not done that. And I was like, oh, okay, this might be something to do the next time. Yeah, we might have to do that next year. And then this uh, next year, we definitely have to make sure we get more pictures together. We didn't take any pictures together this year. I know. We were all over the place. And by the time I realized it, Mike was like, oh, we're already gone. I'm like, what? So, yeah. So we got to make sure we do that next year. Get some pictures so we can put on the, the website. But um, if nobody else has anything to say, I guess we can wrap up this conjuration wrap up. Dina, thank you so much for joining us at the panels and here on the podcast. We have loved having you. Technically speaking, you are our first official guest because we don't count Michelle because Michelle has uh, even when Anthony (laughs) was, you know, on the podcast, Michelle would always be on the side listening and commenting. So I don't consider her being before so you are our first official guest so thank you for joining us tell everyone where they can find you on the interwebs okay so basically just look up drunk and blurdy black and nerdy (laughs) drunk and blurdy with nixon quiet it's on the youtubes we have an instagram a tiktok and probably something on facebook we're not very good at it just yet but we're getting better and hopefully we'll grow and next thing you know, we'll be on our 200th episode. Okay, that sounds good. So that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com. We are on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. We have a Discord channel. We have a YouTube channel. You can find us there. And we are on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time. <laughs>